Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance. And it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Every once in a while, I decide that I need a pep talk, and maybe you need a pep talk too, so I'm going to record this pep talk and hope that it resonates with you. Did I just make a rhyme poem? (laughs) Did I just make a poem? Oh my goodness. Did not mean for that to rhyme, but a very cool, unexpectedly cool way to start a podcast episode. Today, we are talking about self-judgment and how to stop judging yourself because chances are you judge yourself very, very, very harshly. And honestly, I have not met many people that do not judge themselves harshly. I think even some of the world's meanest people are the ones that are drowning in self-judgment the most. And to Those people that self-judgment manifests into anger and cruelty and to a lot of other more decent human beings, self-judgment manifests into things that are more harmful to yourself as opposed to others. That is just a hypothesis, so don't quote me on that. But the point is that judgment, judging ourselves and judging others, is the root of so much of our anxieties and depression and feelings of low self-worth and just never feeling like we are good enough no matter what we do. And more recently, I've been judging myself so harshly 
as it relates to my work, because there are so many areas where I hold myself to a very high standard, this podcast included, my retreats, my writing, my content. And something that I've noticed, at least on a personal level, is that I am going to speak for myself here. I judge myself most harshly around things that I actually think I'm not terrible at, or dare I say, pretty good at. And what I mean by that is like, if I go to a new class where I have absolutely no experience and don't know what I'm doing and I'm just doing it for fun, I feel like I can more or less let go of the judgment of myself because I'm like, well, I don't even do this. Like, why should I be good at this? You know what I mean? So like if I were to go to a pottery class, I wouldn't expect myself to be the best potter in the class because I've never taken a pottery class. So it makes it that much easier to just let go and have fun. Whereas the areas of my life or my work where I've actually shown to be or been told that I'm good at is where I just pile on that pressure and expectation, which I feel like is counterintuitive because you'd think that when you get good at something, you would judge yourself less. But in reality, the opposite happens. I'm wondering if you've noticed that in your personal life or if I'm the only one that just drives myself crazy with these things. But I think that just goes to show the phenomenon of our brains that the things that we do and the things that we think don't necessarily make logical sense. And I think that's so important to call out in yourself that is called a cognitive bias or a logical fallacy. And there are many different types of them, but it's just really important to notice discrepancies in your thinking and how your thinking doesn't necessarily match up to the reality. And that's what I think is so strange about judgment and self-judgment is that the thoughts that we think aren't necessarily, and I would say more often than not, are not indicative of actual reality. Like they do not represent reality. Just because you say, I'm a piece of shit who can't get anything done, most people around you would be like, what are you talking about? You've done so much in so little time. And every single day you're doing something and you're such an incredible person. And there are so many people that would validate the exact opposite from a objective point of view. Not even the people who love you the most, but just people who can, who are your friends or acquaintances that look at you objectively. But when we're from the inside looking out, we just get so hard on ourselves that it becomes, it's unreal, like literally unreal. It is not representative of reality. So that's why I wanted to do this episode to talk about self-judgment and the way it shows up in our lives. And I want to start, I always say start when I'm like five million minutes into the episode, but today I'm only five minutes into the episode where I feel like I'm finally starting. Hello, prefacing. So I wanted to start by talking about how self-judgment can show up. And there's so many different ways. Actually, when I was doing notes for this episode, I found it quite hard to pinpoint the different ways that judgment shows up because it's something that we do all the time. 
we judge ourselves and we judge others and we don't mean to, we do it unconsciously and it's actually really important. Part of it is our intuition. Part of it is just us trying to comprehend the world around us and act on things and survive. Like it's a very natural thing. I don't mean we're always judging as like in a mean way, but we're literally always judging. So it was really hard to put words to it because it's something that's just always going on in the background. But here's big areas that I've pinpointed for myself personally. Some signs of self-judgment include being really hard on yourself or expecting so much more from yourself than you would ever expect from other people. Scrutinizing like your work. For me, it's like my social media or your body, aka body checking. That is a big red flag of self-judgment. Telling yourself that you should or shouldn't be doing certain things or feeling a certain way. I think that should, the word should or shouldn't, in our thinking and in our speaking is literally, it needs to go off as like a big alarm bell, like a ding, 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 you are judging. Because anytime you say should or shouldn't, I invite you to make the follow-up thought, okay, well, why should I? Or how come I'm shooting on myself right now? And it's actually really fun to say because shooting on yourself is like a double whammy. Is that called a euphemism? I'm not sure what that's called, but it's really funny to say. Stop shooting on yourself. So the words should or shouldn't are also big red flags. And this is a big one. Shaming yourself for very human things like getting frustrated or stressed or showing emotion. For me, I start crying and then I instantly will get really mad at myself for crying and for showing that emotion. And I think it's because as a kid, I was told not to cry by one of my parents. So it's like a very conflicted kind of thing because my other parent would cry all the freaking time. And I don't know why I'm using neutral terms. I don't mind telling you. It's actually interesting because my mom was the one who would tell me not to cry. And my dad is the one who cries all the time. I feel like he almost weaponized his tears in my childhood. But that's a story for another time. But I just think it's really interesting because traditional gender roles and I think most people's experiences is that their fathers are the ones who are like emotionally shut down and tend to shut down their children. Whereas my experience was the opposite. Like my dad is really in touch with his emotions and is really open to sitting with me through my feelings and emotions and showing his own. Whereas my mom was a little bit more like, I don't know, culturally stereotypical of like a Russian mom where the message that I received was like, tough it out, or why are you crying, or other people have it so much worse. So anyways, I get really frustrated and clearly conflicted when I show emotion because as a kid, I didn't know if it was right or wrong, or if it was welcome or unwelcome, or if it would be met with safety and validation, or if it would be like shut down. So that's an interesting sign of self-judgment is if you're shaming yourself for human things. Another one is blaming yourself for things that aren't your fault. Also, comparing yourself to other people is a sign of self-judgment, quite obviously. And this is an interesting one that I came up with. Feeling like other people are judging you is probably a sign that you are judging yourself. Let me say that again. If you walk into a room and you feel like other people are judging you, they're looking at you or you see 
two women talking to each other and you instantly think that it's about you or you're just getting weird vibes from people, that is generally a sign that you're judging yourself in that moment. And lastly, judging others. Again, this is one of those things that if you judge other people, that is more telling of how you feel about yourself than it is about that other person. And I always try to confront myself when it comes to this. One of the big areas is like if I see somebody online like an influencer or a celebrity who made a big mistake and I catch myself falling into this like cancel culture-esque mindset where I'm like, yeah, well, that was wrong and they should have done this and they should have said this and they should have apologized like this and da 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 And when I catch myself like really spiraling into that and getting super emotionally invested in that situation, a part of it is empathy for the people who were hurt. But when I really find myself like slipping into anger and shame and blame towards the person, the other person that was like committing the hurt, then it's generally a red flag that I'm actually really judging myself because I'm nervous that I haven't done enough to support marginalized people or I'm scared of getting canceled or uh, there's something within me that is giving me anxiety about the situation because I know that I've been guilty of making the same mistakes. So judging others, and Carl Jung said this so perfectly, he said, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. So those are just some signs of self-judgment. Obviously, judgment is everywhere and can show up in so many different ways. But now I want to move on to actually working through it. And one of the things you have to realize is that self-criticism or judging yourself harshly is going to give you the exact opposite result that you are looking for. And the reason for that is I just want you to look back on all those times that you judged yourself harshly and if it's ever done you any good. Brene Brown talks about extensively how there is a place for guilt and shame and sometimes people must feel those emotions in order to change and do better and course correct. But there's a fine line and too fine of a line to talk about objectively, but I think it just depends on the person. There is a fine line between I did something wrong and I need to fix it and spiraling into just complete and utter blame, shame, and almost like this disgust for yourself. Like, I can't believe I did this and and all of these thoughts. Whereas, again, going back to some of those signs of self-judgment, the thing that you probably did is so very human. If you are feeling guilty about eating too much at dinner last night or having extra dessert or whatever extra or too much means that doesn't even exist. That is something that humans do. If you made a mistake in your relationship or you lashed out on somebody and you didn't mean to, or you didn't really like show up the way you wanted to for your people or your passion or a project or whatever that may be, chances are that that is so very human. And that if somebody else in your circle had done the same thing, you would tell them something 
totally different and a lot more compassionate than the things that you are telling yourself. So this misconception that self-criticism is somehow motivating, Dr. Kristen Neff, who is the pioneer of self-compassion research, and I actually interviewed her on this podcast. It's episode number 32, if you want to check it out. Some of her research is really fascinating because she found that self-compassion is more motivating and it allows for more room for change and, and growth and evolution than blaming, shaming, and judging yourself. And the reason for that is, this is what she writes in her blog post, which I will also link in the show notes, but I just want to read it to you because it's so well said. Research shows that self-critics are much more likely to be anxious and depressed, not exactly get-up-and-go mindsets. So just think about yourself. Like when you are judging yourself, you're not like, okay, I'm judging myself. Time to go seize the day and make all these good things happen. No, you're probably feeling like shit and you probably don't want to do anything. They also have lower self-efficacy beliefs, which is self-confidence in their abilities, which undermines their potential for success. The habit of self-criticism, ha, habit, that's an interesting point. If self-criticism is a habit, that means self-compassion is also a habit. The habit of self-criticism engenders fear of failure, meaning that self-critics often don't even try achieving their goals because the possibility of failure is unacceptable. Even more problematic, self-critics have a hard time seeing themselves clearly and identifying needed areas of improvement because they know the self-punishment that will ensue if they admit the truth. Much better to deny there's a problem, or even better, blame it on someone else. So what this is saying is that Judging yourself harshly and getting into that habit of judging yourself harshly not only prevents you from doing things and achieving or changing or taking on any kind of like good thing, but it also keeps you in this state of denial and fear of taking action because you know how freaking hard on yourself you're going to be if something doesn't go your way. And that is not a good place to be. Dr. Kristen Neff in this blog post goes on to talk about research and parent-child relationships. And I don't know about you, but for some reason I'm on like parenting TikTok, which means a lot of videos of children and parents, specifically gentle parenting. I've watched a lot of videos on this concept of gentle parenting and how modern day parents are trying to be more gentle with their children, which is awesome. And because obviously there's new data that finds that punishing physically or emotionally hurting a child, shaming and blaming children, it does not always work. And in fact, it leads to mental health consequences. It's kind of like, how did people not see this earlier? That if you are really mean to your kid, they're probably going to be mean to other people as a way to cope. But anyways, Dr. Kristen Neff in that same blog post, she writes, it's relatively easy to see when we think about how a compassionate and caring parent might motivate a child who is struggling. Although parenting manuals of the past often endorsed a harsh and critical approach, spare the rod and spoil the child, decades of research have shown that this tactic is counterproductive. Let's say your teenage daughter, Mary, <laughs> the main reason why I picked this story is because the main character is Mary. Let's say your teenage daughter Mary comes home from school with a failing math grade. If you say, you're so stupid and lame, what a loser, you're hopeless, and you will never amount to anything, which is probably what you've told yourself once or twice in this life, is that really going to help motivate Mary? Instead, it'll probably depress her to the point of wanting to give up math altogether. 
Much more effective would be to take an understanding and supportive approach like, I know you're disappointed, especially since you need to get good math scores to get into a good school and clearly something is not working in your study routine, but I know you can do it and I'll help you in any way I can. Maybe you need to spend more time doing homework or let's find you a tutor. This compassionate approach is much more likely to give Mary the emotional resources needed to pick herself up and try again. So what I really received from this blog post and that little excerpt is that the litmus test for self-judgment, litmus is a new word I learned, (laughs) I feel very geeky saying it, but basically it's like the, I don't know, the, how does one define litmus? One second. Sorry, my inner ESL kid who forever feels the need to overcompensate for (laughs) English and vocabulary gets really excited when I learn a new word. So a litmus test means an effective or definite way of proving it or measuring it. So basically, the way you know that you're falling into self-judgment is this question of would you judge someone else, like your sister or daughter or friend, for this exact same thing? Would you really talk to them as harshly? Would you shame and blame them into trying to do better? Or what would you say to them? How would you approach that situation from an understanding and validating and respectful place? So all of that to say, I firmly believe that we are all doing the best we can with what we have, with the knowledge, the tools, the circumstances, the things that are happening in our lives. We're all doing the best we can. And you, my friend, are doing the best that you can. And shit's kind of crazy right now. And we definitely didn't expect it to stay this crazy for this long. So if you're feeling the pandemic fatigue, or if you're just not feeling motivated, or if you've made some mistakes, whether it's in the past or recently, however small or big, Please, 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 let's tone down the self-judgment and let's learn to forgive ourselves and talk to ourselves kindly and motivate ourselves to do better if you want to do better in certain areas by practicing that self-compassion. If you're judging yourself for not working as hard as you think you, quote, should be, then remind yourself that you need rest. Everybody needs rest. And especially right now, we probably need a lot more rest than we ever want to admit to ourselves. If you're judging yourself for a mistake you made, like, girl, humans make mistakes and shit happens. And sometimes we, I don't know, do things that felt like a good idea in the moment, but they really ended up not being a good idea. And you know what? Shit happens. Like, it happens. If you're judging yourself for the way you look or the way you dress or your style or the way you talk, I don't know, whatever that insecurity is, how can you let that go? Notice that I did not say, can you let that go? Because I believe in you. I know that you can. But I instead said, how can you let that go? What is going to empower you to let it go? And when I say let it go, I don't mean completely overnight, all at once. I mean, just a little bit. Is there a little bit more grace and self-compassion that you can give yourself in this moment? You judge yourself way too harshly and it's time to cut that shit out, okay? I love you so much. I hope this helped and I will talk to you next time. Mwah. 
One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.